All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome on into the Cinema Lords podcast, short number two. I am coming to you guys uh, live, just me, myself, and I, fresh out of the theater. Just checked out Wonka on opening night, a movie that I was looking forward to for some time. I was very excited for it, totally lived up to my expectations. So I'm very excited to talk to you guys about that. And I'm also going to be talking to you guys tonight about The Holdovers. So we're going to be doing a two-movie review. Two movies that I liked a lot, so it's going to be a lot of positivity tonight. Uh, so let's dive right into it. I'm going to start things off with The Holdovers. Uh, this movie is still playing in theaters right now. It's not on any streaming platforms that we speak of. If you can go check it out in a theater, it's only selective theaters. I suggest you do so because this movie is an awesome, awesome, awesome movie. It is from Alexander Payne. Oscar winner, screenwriter, um, Descendants, Sideways, About Schmidt. Uh, He's the one that directed this movie. It stars Paul Giamatti. It stars Dominic Sessa. And it stars uh, Divine Joy Randolph. Uh, We're going to talk about the first two in a little bit. The latter, Divine Joy Randolph. She does a great job. She would probably be most notable from... Murder is in the Building, um, or maybe The Lost City. She plays Sandra Bullock's agent, a movie that I liked more than most people. I thought her character in that movie was very enjoyable. She was also in The Idol, uh, that terrible HBO show that we talked about a little bit over the summer. But uh, she's had some good roles. She plays like the grieving mother in this role, and I thought she did a, a really great job. I think she's a, a very good actress, and I think she's kind of just coming into the limelight here of Hollywood. I think she's just kind of starting to shine. Um, but this movie takes place 1970, New England. Um, I right away as soon as it started, I loved the vibes of it. Very old school vibes, right out of the opening studio um, introductions. The rated R maturity level, right out of the gate. The way that they film it, it's the old school vibe with the old school logos and all of that. It's very cool, right out of the gate. They did a great job of setting the. The setting, you know, you feel like you're in 1970, you feel like you're in New England, there's a ton of snow, it is filmed in New England, which definitely helps, but this is a movie that I really loved, Uh, it takes place during the Christmas time, it follows a set of, uh, I think it's five kids who are in a boys prep school, it is during the Christmas holiday, now while it takes place during Christmas, it is not a full-blown in-your-face Christmas movie, there are some Christmas ties, you know, connected to the movie, but it's not in... In, in your face Christmas movie. Uh, the five boys, they are the holdovers. So basically they're staying over at their prep school because either their families are too busy, they're too far away, or they just straight up don't want their kids to come home for the holiday. They are going to be staying with their prick of a history uh, history teacher, played by Paul Giamatti. He absolutely kills it. He's always very talented, but this is one of his best roles. I feel like, in my opinion, he absolutely kills it. But um, like I said, they're staying with him. He, he's the over-strict... Um, history teacher he's also a bit of a drunken alcoholic so right away it's a setting that you've kind of seen before you know what i mean you know that you're going to have the the older mentor who's got his own issues and he's going to have kind of his pupil and they're going to kind of change him and they're going to kind of change the kid and it's a storyline that you've kind of seen before but i felt like this was a creative spin on it I felt like while there was a lot of dry humor in it, I found this movie to be very, very, very funny. I was laughing the entire time. I felt like on all fronts, 
the acting was supreme. I already mentioned Divine Joy. She was she was unbelievable. Paul Giamatti in his role was straight up stupendous. To this point, I would have said that I think with a lot of other people, Killian Murphy is just a slip on for Oscar for best actor because of his role in the Oppenheimer. But Paul Giamatti is just as good in this as Killian Murphy is in Oppenheimer. He absolutely buries this role. He's always fantastic. But this one, I feel like he was meant for. I feel like he was a step above. I feel like this is one of his best ones. The second role is by a kid named Dominic Sessa. He is kind of our main protagonist of the movie. He is like the main, main one of the kids that's being the holdover for Christmas, the holiday break. And I didn't know until today because when I do, you know, these reviews, I like to go and do a little bit of back search and, you know, try to figure out, you know, just everything, you know, what this guy directed, what this guy acted in, etc. This Dominic Sessa kid I'd never heard of. So I did a little back search on him. He'd never been in anything. Sure enough. This kid, Dominic Sessa, is basically the role that he's portraying in this movie. He was in a Massachusetts prep school. Deerfield Academy is the name of it. It's also one of the shooting locations for this movie. Uh, They, you know, put an open casting call out to their students and said anybody that wanted to try out could come and try out. This is a kid that who originally went to this prep school. He wanted to be a hockey player. Due to some injuries, he had to change and he went to drama. And next thing you know, he is in a Oscar-winning, you know, uh, Alexander Payne. He's it was for a screen, you know, for screenwriting. But still, this is his movie. You're with an Oscar winner. Uh, you're working with Paul Giamatti. This is a dream come true. You know what I mean? This is he was made for this role. He's a talented kid. I think we're going to see more of him in the future. I think that he is definitely kind of built for the role that he does in this. Like he played the arrogant kind of douchebag very well. Kind of reminds me almost of Miles Teller. I don't think he's a kid that's going to be able to play all the positions. Um, but I think he's going to be good at what he does, which I think is going to be kind of like this role, that snotty, brat, arrogant, you know, kind of little douchey kid. Um, but this movie, I, I really, really, really loved. It's a movie that I'm definitely going to come back to. I've already watched it a second time since the first time I watched it. Like I said, not right in your face Christmas movie, but it is Christmas vibes, which definitely helps. I feel like... They shot the shit out of this movie, too. Like, I mentioned that the old school vibes are there. But there were some very certain things that I liked a lot as far as creativity from a cinematography, like cinematography point of view. One of the scenes that really stood out to me is there is a scene, um, for you guys that'll watch it, it's a bowling alley scene. And it's a scene that you've seen on before in a lot of movies. You have all of your main characters who are starting to... Adapt, they're starting to have their new changes take over. You know what I mean? They're starting to become the new characters that they're going to be at the end of the movie. You see them progressing. They're having their bonding moments with the other characters. They're shifting towards the light kind of thing. And you've seen this scene before and you always see it the same way. It's like they're all having a good time. You see them throwing strikes because, again, I say they're at the bowling alley. You'll see them throwing strikes and having a good time and celebrate and fist pumping and this, that, and the other thing. And in this movie, they did a great job, I felt like, of doing it differently where they stay on the characters' faces from the lane up, from where the pins are towards the actor and actresses. And you see how their characters are changing throughout the movie, which I enjoy a lot. I thought it was a great scene. It's probably my favorite scene of the entire movie. 
the third act of the movie definitely loses itself a little bit. In my opinion, it gets a little bit too much. Like it, it, it kind of should have just stayed in its lane rather than get a little bit too crazy. But overall, I thought this movie was incredible. And that's not a word I feel like I throw around lightly. Uh, especially this year, I feel like it's been kind of a tough year f- for the for the cinema, for the box office all around. And this is a movie that truly stood out to me, kind of like Oppenheimer did. It, it's not Oppenheimer, but to me, it is my second or third favorite movie of the year. Uh, Oppenheimer is definitely number one. And then uh, shout out Justin Trudell, because I believe that this episode of the podcast is going to be on the Kirk Minahan Network as well. Shout out Menners. Shout out everybody that are letting me be on here. Um, but I thought Guardians 3 was was right up there for the best movies of the year. I would say that the holdovers and Guardians are definitely my two and three spots. It kind of just depends on the day and what I'm feeling. But the holdovers is great. It, it really, truly is. It's a great, great movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest you go and check it out. While there's a lot of dry humor, I found that to be hilarious. I laughed my ass off. Paul Giamatti is fucking spectacular. He might get an Oscar for it if you ask me. You have an unbelievable performance from a new kid who is basically born to play this role because he was already living it in Dominic Sessa. You have Devoy uh, joined Randolph, who is an up-and-coming star, if you ask me. She, she's really good. She's funny. She plays the grieving part of this so well. She's so emotional, and you feel for her in all kinds of ways. This movie was original, even though you've kind of seen the overall premise of the movie played out before. The way that they spun it was original. It was creative. It's a good time. It, it, it's a good time. Like I said, it loses itself a little bit in the third act. But to me, truly and honestly, this is my second favorite movie of the year. This is behind Oppenheimer. Uh, I put it in as a 95 out of 100. I love this movie. Like I said, I already came back and watched it a second time. I thought it was, I thought it was fucking fantastic. I really did. It uh, it definitely, the third act could have been a little bit cleaner. I think they could have just been a little bit simpler. Sometimes simpler is better, you know what I mean? Sometimes you don't need to throw in that extra twist for no reason. This one I don't think played. Uh, for those of you that have watched it, I'm talking about the, da- the, the father scenario. It didn't totally work, at least for me. Um, but overall, I love this movie. I really, really do. I'm going to come back. I'm going to watch it a bunch of times down the line. So if you haven't checked out The Holdovers, I highly suggest that you go check it out. It's not on streaming yet. I'm sure that it will be soon. But go check it out. It's in select theaters. But this is one that I think it, if you're a true movie fan, I think you're really going to enjoy this movie. It's There's so many things about it that are done so, so, so well. So check it out. From there, let's transition to movie number two. Uh, the movie I just saw tonight. Went down to the picture show, Forever, and checked out Wonka on opening night. A movie that I was very excited for, that I've been looking forward to for a long time. One, because I love the original Willy Wonka. I love it. I grew up on it. I've watched it two billion times. I I think it's a truly stupendous movie. And I think that Gene Wilder is one of the greatest, like, as far as him playing Willy Wonka, it's one of the greatest castings of, of all time. So I was very excited for this, for that reason. And then the second reason is that I'm a huge Timothy Chalamet fan. I think Timothy Chalamet, while he might not be like a lot of the traditional 
actor superstars that you see in Hollywood. He's not like, you know, he's not your Jake Gyllenhaal. He's not your, I mean, whoever you really want to say, to be honest. Leonardo DiCaprio, fucking the old school guys. You want to go Clint Eastwood or Gene Hackman or, you know, whoever the fuck else. Sylvester Stallone. He's not that big, tough, rugged guy. He's unique. He's particular. Obviously, he's smaller. He's scrawnier. But I think he's a tremendous actor, and I think he's very charismatic, and I think that he can, for lack of, I think he can act his ass off. So, I thought he had a very, very, very big task to live up to as far as trying to play Willy Wonka and trying to bring back to life what Gene Wilder was able to do with the character back in 1971. And I went into this movie with moderate expectations i i wanted it to be good i hoped it would be good i didn't expect it to be a masterpiece but i i was hoping for a good movie and that's exactly what i got i went in i was entertained throughout i thought the storyline was good sure it could have been a little bit shorter it was a little bit long for sure it could have been 15 20 minutes shorter there was definitely a couple the musical pieces are a lot more frequent in this than they are in the willie walker movie Obviously, Willy Wonka has its musical parts. And, and, you know, in a way, it is kind of a musical. This one is the same thing, but this one's a little bit heavier. A lot, a lot of musical pieces, which, you know, to me isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I just didn't love them all. Some of them I really, really liked a lot. I thought Chalamet did as good as a job as possible as far as filling in for Gene Wilder. I think it was almost an impossible task. I think he did as good as he could have done. Uh, but like I said, I thought this movie was a good time. I had fun the entire way through. You had um, a couple of other good performances as well. Uh, first and foremost was Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant plays the original Oompa Loompa, and he was fantastic. I almost, when I left, I almost like wished that we had gotten a little bit more from Hugh Grant's character. But then in a way, I was almost like, you know, maybe we got just the right amount. Because every time that he came on screen, it was such like a oh shit moment it was like all right things are going to get a little bit good for a few minutes not you know good but better than they had been exceeding expectations hugh grant was really really good i loved how it literally looked just like his face i thought it was fantastic uh then you got mr bean you got uh rowan atkins he had a nice little role kind of as a bad guy i thought he was good this movie was just a good time it was exactly what i wanted it to be it was fun it was a good prequel. It didn't go over the top as far as Easter egg and fan service. It, it plugged in little parts that hit really well. Excuse me. Um, especially, I would say, in regards to the Hugh Grant character. I mean, that's probably the biggest Easter egg connection tie-in that there is. Uh, when that moment hit, I was very, very excited. But overall, I really enjoyed this movie. It was exactly what I expected it to be. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. I love seeing Timothy Chalamet shine again. I think he's a stud. Shout out to Dune 2. We just got our last Dune 2 trailer earlier this week. For those of you that have been watching the show, you know how I feel. I've never been as excited for a movie as I think I am for Dune 2. I mean, I was excited for No Way Home. I was excited for Return of the King. I've been excited for a lot of movies. I was excited. I was excited for The Dark Knight. 
I'm not sure I've ever been as excited for a movie as I am for Dune 2. And the watch pot because of Timothy Chalamet, Paul Atreides. He's unbelievable. I love this kid. I'll follow him into the depths of hell. I think he's one of the... I think he's one of the absolute top up-and-coming stars as far as actors go. Which is funny because in Dune 2 we have Austin Butler also getting added to the mix, which I'm a big fan of him as well. And then you've got Florence Pugh joining. You've got Zendaya. Dune 2 is littered with the most talented up-and-coming actors and actresses. Anya Taylor-Joy is one that's been left out, but I, I think she's incredible as well. Um, but, you know, back to the, the main focus. Timothy Chalamet is as good in this role as, as you can possibly find. I think it was a very tough task living up to Gene Wilder, and I think he did as good as you could do. Uh, overall, the movie was great. It was a great time. Could have been a little bit shorter. In my opinion, it could have had a little bit less musical pieces. It was very, very, very heavy on the musical pieces. Hugh Grant was spectacular. It was a good time, man. It, it was if you're a Willy Wonka fan, if you're a fan of movies, if you're a fan of musicals, you're gonna enjoy this. You're gonna have fun. You're gonna like it. I'd say go check it out in theaters. You know what I mean? It, it just came out today. I saw it in Dolby. It's I think it's an IMAX. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure it's an IMAX. At least I know it is in Providence. So if you have an IMAX theater around you. It'd be the kind of movie, there's a lot of CGI and stuff mixed in, but it looked really good. I, I think an IMAX would be nice. It's a fun time. It's a good time. It, it's kind of movie that I like, you know, where you just go, you grab your concessions, you grab your soda, you chill, you sit down, you just have fun, you get lost in the big screen. I had a ball. It was exactly what I wanted. Uh, but I think that, uh, actually, you know, I'll just give it a quick rating. Um, I guess I'd go like 80, 83, 83, 84, something like that. Hard B. It was definitely a hard B. Fun, entertaining. I'll watch it again. Had a little bit, you know, a little flaw here and there, but overall very, very entertaining. Um, the holdovers, like I said, it's still in theaters, select theaters. It's it's going to be on streaming soon, I'm sure. That one I highly suggest everyone checks out. I think it's a movie for everybody. I think it plays to almost all audiences, you know, aside from like kids, I would say. But I think everybody else will be able to appreciate this movie in some form or fashion because it is that good. It's a coming of age holiday, drama, comedy. It's so many things all rolled into one with some of the best performances of the entire year. So I highly suggest going and checking out both of those movies. Uh, That's going to be all I have for you guys tonight. I am going to be coming back to you guys again very soon, probably next weekend. Uh, We have... Fucking Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon coming out next Friday on Netflix. Uh, as of right now, the early reviews are coming out and they are awful, which you just hate to see that. The the goddamn Snyder cultists. I'm sorry, Snyder cultists. I didn't mean to. I meant it. I meant it. Uh, <laughs> the Snyder cultists there that they're they don't know what to do. You know what I mean? That. It could be the worst movie of all time, and you know they'll be there with their picket sign saying it's the greatest thing that we've ever seen. I do 
love to see good movies, especially in the sci-fi genre. Normally, this would be right up my alley, but I do love to see Zack Snyder fail just for the fact that his fans are the absolute worst people on the entire goddamn internet. Uh, but like I said, next week I'll probably come back. I'll probably be doing Rebel Moon. I think I'm going to do probably like a Netflix episode, I think. I'm going to do Rebel Moon and then uh, A Killer from David Fincher, I think, which has been out for a little while, but it wasn't like overly marketed, so I don't think that like necessarily everybody has seen it. Uh, so I think I'm going to do that and do it, like I said, a nice little Netflix episode. It'll be the that and Rebel Moon. That'll probably be coming to you guys next weekend. Uh, it was been a while between this episode and the last one, but try to get a couple more pumping, especially uh, going into the next year. The strikes are over. Things are starting to come back into come back into action. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for us here tonight. I thank everybody for tuning in. As always, share, subscribe, like, comment. Uh, thanks to the KMS Network for letting me put this episode up on the platform. Thanks to Menors. Thanks to Kirk. Thanks to everybody else. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, go check out the movies. And as always, happy watching.